Hi, my name is John. And my name's Chris. And, and this, this is Stay on, on Target. Hey, everybody, welcome to Stay on Target. We are your hosts. You can find us online at stayontargetpodcast.com. That's right, John. So uh, this is episode epi- uh, number 166. Wait, 166. No. Chris, Listen. you're jumping ahead about a year and a half. <laughs> I don't know what just happened. 106. <laughs> 106. What just fell down over there? I think you have a ghost in the closet. It's very strange. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what that sound was. If if something comes out of the closet, it'll go for you first and I'm running. Do you have just... this set to auto-upload <laughs> so that the people will know our story if our lives are taken? If you hear this, send help. Yes, please. <laughs> We're probably in a, uh, oh, what's the movie? Uh, <laughs> a paranormal activity style. Oh, my goodness. Horror. Don't even get me started on that. Oh, my gosh. That's... We should, hey, Ugh. but if you want to know about that, listen to our favorite scary movies episode from this past Halloween. Oh, we Remember? did talk about we that, We talked about the we? ghost of Mr. Chicken. Oh, my god! And we talked about paranormal activity. <laughs> that was awesome. That was a great episode. It was a great it episode. It was a part of uh, hashtag Right-tober. Right-tober. We've actually started a new hashtag, possibly. We haven't really seen if it was available. What? Right-bomb. The right-bomb? The right-bomb. Wasn't I, that what it was? I, I, right-splosion. Uh, right-splosion. Uh, one or the other. It was both. I, I don't know. We'll have to figure know. out. We will find some way to have a right and some sort of a bombastic type of a word. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we'll make a hashtag out of it. Yes. And it'll be fun. <laughs> yes, it will. So, John, what have you been up to this week? Oh, man. So many things. Yeah, well, tell me all the things. So, check this out. Uh, all of the season finales are basically over now. Yep. So, all television is over. It's done. No more new television. Of like the of of the like main kind of like twenty two episode kind of season Correct. shows for sure. Yeah. Correct. I mean, there's gonna be this, some like summer runs or whatever. But summer is definitely kind of the uh, the more sparse in the television uh, side of things. So um, so yeah, I wrapped up a lot of those. We had our our last uh, Arrow on Target and uh, Flash on Target podcast. Yep. Yep. So if you watch either Arrow or Flash on the CW, check those guys out. That was uh, those were a couple of fun episodes. Yep. Um, and, uh, like Destiny's DLC came out, the House of Wolves. Yes. Are we reviewing that next week? I think that's on the, uh, it's on the calendar to review next week. Yes. So, um, I've spent a decent amount of time in a lot of laughs, uh, like a late, lot of laughs. late last night I got on and I was just like, it was super late or whatever. And I was just on there and I was trying to do something well above my level, Yeah, like well above where I could but possibly ever think to complete it. Yeah. And it was just hilarious, just <laughs> continually dying all the time. I can just imagine you, like, sitting in front of your television, just laughing maniacally, <laughs> well, like, as you just die over and over I was again. in there with some of, the, some of the people we run with, and literally we walk in the door, and it's like, oh, I lasted about four seconds longer than last time we tried this. <laughs> was it Prison of Elders? Yeah, it was Did Prison of Elders. Uh, we completed a lot of it. Like, we got really far, but it was not me. It was yeah. not me. I was actually probably hindering my team oh, from, man. from doing it so wow. it was just funny because i had like a level 33 i was a level 32 a really lower level 32 what level are you running into that it was a 34 oh man <laughs> so anyway well, that's it was, like going through a, it was a really hard funny. raid you know whenever yeah. you're not up to that level yeah it was just really funny like i just in in destiny because of, i've been up at the t- higher levels so much uh for a really long time yeah it's been uh it was just really funny to go in and just immediately just shot one gone <laughs> it's like well looks like somebody's gonna have to come and revive me <laughs> that's hilarious dude it was funny that's cool <laughs> what about you man what have you been up to yeah man so uh this week um i started um shovel knight 
Yes. And it's amazing. Oh, I actually, because you started Shovel Knight, <laughs> I did a couple of, uh, I, did, I worked my way through I'm on the last level. Nice. And I'm stuck. So. What? I, I, I probably am going to have to look it up. Like, I'm giving myself, a, like, a little bit of time, a couple of days to think about what I might possibly try. Yeah. And then go in and try it one more time. And if I don't, like, figure it out, because I was sitting there stuck for, like, an hour. So here's my big question Yeah. Um, with this before we move on. Like, what happens... So as you die, every single time you die, they like you have to pay money. Yeah. Um. Uh. Or like you're you lose gold. What happens whenever you get, reach the bottom of your gold? I've never reached the bottom of my gold. Okay. Because I I will do this. Like this is what I I noticed that because I, I didn't want to reach the bottom of that. Yeah. And it, sometimes like I don't know if you encountered this yet, but sometimes you'll encounter things that you can purchase in the middle of a level. Mm, yeah. And it can really stress your bank. Like if you have say like. $10,000 or coins or whatever it is. And then you have to buy a piece of, uh, of like awesome ability yeah. that will help you finish the rest of the level. Um, for say like 7,000. Mm-hmm. And so it would only leave you with 3,000. And mm-hmm. it's like that just, it, it, I don't know, man. And it's interesting because I think it's percentage based too. So it's so not maybe like, it wouldn't ever reach the bottom. That's what I'm saying based. is it's, it's percentage based. And so it like, as your money goes down and down, it does like, it takes away less and less, but eventually you would just lose it all and have zero floating out there probably. And maybe. I don't know, maybe not. Because you're right, you're I mean, right. if it's just, if uh, this is math, if if you just keep taking away like say it's ten percent, taking away ten percent, ten percent, ten percent, like do you eventually reach zero? It's I don't know that you it's, would. It's it like would a logarithmic like a, thing. Yeah, it'd like, be like a fraction. So here's side trail. Okay. Yes, side trail to our side trail. Yes. Um, in school, like whenever I was in in high school, like or and even into like some of some like algebra in college and stuff, I never could quite grasp the idea of a number approaching zero but never reaching zero. And then I remember driving in my car after I'd graduated college and like it was a, a year or so later and I was like, that makes perfect sense to me now. And like how it could it could continuously be approaching zero and always get closer and closer, but never quite reach it. It just didn't make sense to me back then. Anyway. Interesting. That's that's the that's side wild. note. But that's probably what's happening. <laughs> that is probably so what's happening. So I started uh, started Shovel Knight, and that was pretty awesome. I also like have uh, been playing House of Wolves. I like it a lot. Um, I uh, I've been catching up on all the season finales for sure. But mm-hmm. uh, I am still watching um, uh, Game of Thrones. Is on. Is it's halfway through the season yep. now, and. Uh, um, Silicon Valley is halfway through the season. That's right. Those seasons um, are, are weird, like weirdly placed. They're not traditionally placed, yeah, I H- should say. HBO is weird, you know, because, because it's like, okay, this is a like a 10-episode season or whatever. Yeah. Like, I think they have new, they have whole entire new seasons of shows starting June 21st or something like that. Right. You know, so. Well, even at that, like some uh, other, like the... America is really the only country that has the idea of like all of the television happens all of this because it's like in in uh, the UK and things they'll have like shows that um, just happen for like six episodes and they happen here and there and it's just kind of like it's it's more random and less like yeah. it happens from this time to this time or this month to this month. I think so. I think like our, you know like we're television is generally is gradually moving in that direction you know where yeah. you have like agent carter in between mm-hmm. you know the mid-season break of that's right agents of shield which by the way is going to be on uh, netflix in about two weeks definitely watch season it. two and so the, both seasons will be on there wait season two of uh of agents of, of shield of agents of shield okay i was thought you were talking about agent agent carter i, was oh, like, I haven't I, even done a, season two of agent carter no, no 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 but like i think that blows my mind because i don't think season one was on there Mm-mm. until like 
season two was almost about to start. Traditionally, they don't like they they release the DVD or slash Blu-ray, whatever you want to call it. They release the like uh, make it available to the public yeah. in stores where you can purchase it, and then a month after that, they put it up. And so usually that coincides with a week and a half before the new season starts. Yep. Like that's usually how it works. So if you've been so, uh, wanting to watch the new season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or like get behind for some reason, mm-hmm. you can uh, check it out on Netflix in a couple weeks. It's it's pretty good, man. I, I really liked where they went with this season. So yeah. the, uh, the tie-in with uh, Age of Ultron was a little bit weak uh, in a couple of areas, but... It's not I think really surprising. That's, yeah, it's not really surprising just because I think that uh, those tie-ins, they're, they're pretty tight with what they like they can't really interfere with what's going on 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 the film side of things right right yeah for sure um the uh um the interesting thing uh, that i'm going to be doing uh Mm -hmm. is like all those my television shows are ending yeah i'm going to start i'm going to first of all finish the series the clone war series yes and then i'm going to move on to (sighs) daredevil and Hmm. try to make it through agents of shield and all that kind of stuff yeah See how that goes. So if I were you with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., just skip the entire first half of, uh, like, start with the mid-season uh, finale of season one. Of I mean, Agents I watched the first six episodes. It was, like, two episodes. Like, skip two episodes, and then you're there. Like, <laughs> episode eight, pick it up there. Yeah, yeah. You know, whatever. I mean, I'll have to. I'm not, it's so. not like I'm dreading it or anything no, like that, no. you know, like. Put it on, play some play some uh, some of your handheld while you're watching. Yeah. The you best know. part is um, I'm going to watch it all on Netflix. I can delete the entire season off my DVR because it's just it sitting there my DVR. Just taking up gigs of space, man. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I'm excited for you to get into Clone Wars specifically. Yeah. Um, because that's one... I'm actually... I actually started re-watching uh, through that again. <laughs> I'm watching them in chronological order. Nice. Um, and so, like, I think I started with something in, like, season three. Yep. And then went to something in season two. Mm-hmm. And now I'm about to watch the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it will start in season one. Yeah. There's some really late stuff that happened in like, so it's season like three or four or whatever. And that was very, very early. Like they jumped back and gave some backstory to some things. So, yeah. Um, which is, I it's mean, all good stuff. Was it confusing whenever you were watching it in real time? No. Like, not at all. Like, was it confusing knowing where at what point in time you're jumping back to? No, because like they have that whole narration thing at the beginning of each episode that right. really sets it up, and right. so it'll show like clips of where like the other episodes that you've encountered with that, and it'll say, "Oh, before this battle, blah 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 blah," yeah. you know, and it'll set it up decently. So. I mean, I will say like it, like watching it chronologically, like at least those first two episodes, you kind of feel lost. You're just kind of like, I feel like I'm dropped in the middle of a story. Yeah, and you kind of are, like uh, especially uh, if if. The episodes from season three are the ones that I'm thinking about. You yeah. kind of are in the middle of something. Yeah. Um, in the middle of those character stories. So, like, you have all of this stuff that you've already been introduced to them, technically. Like, if you mm. watch it in, like, the way they uh, the way they aired it. Right. You've been introduced to them through these other stories. And this is just context to those. And so, yeah. it's it's essentially, you look at, like, a... Uh, like a prequel to something, right. and well, this is what that is. Like, for instance, I didn't realize who Commander Cody or Rex were at yeah. all, but they're in those episodes. They mm-hmm. just don't, like, call them out, really, or introduce them in any way. Yeah, they set them up really pretty heavily, I think, in Season 2 in mm-hmm. particular. Like, mm-hmm. Season 2 really starts developing them as... Because, like, the way that they wanted to do that was they wanted the clones to be clones to begin with, and you set up the main, like, Jedi characters. But mm-hmm. then they were like, as time goes on through the war or whatever, you start realizing that these clones aren't just mindless clones right that they actually have personalities and they're and they're doing art on their helmets and like all yeah. this stuff and so like they're you know they are you know 
personalities, their characters yeah. here, and and they they bring a lot to the table. And so yeah, anyway, so like then they go back and they show some of this other backstory. So after they've kind of developed them a little bit in the current storyline, yeah, it's super cool. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I've been up to. Yeah, dude. So- so yeah. something that you're about to do, Ooh. and I wanted to, wanted to mention this, you're yeah. going to go to a St. Louis Cardinals baseball game yes. over the Memorial Day holiday. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm super excited about that. So um, uh, one of the giveaways uh, for the first 25,000 people in the stadium mm-hmm. is a 1985 replica National League championship ring. Dude. Um, the Cardinals won the National League championship that year. They got crushed in the World Series, mm-hmm. but... Um, won the National League Championship, and I was born in 1985, and this is the 30-year awesome. anniversary of uh, that and of my birth. And uh, <laughs> and so... Of both occurrences. Yeah, both things. And so I'm like, man, I really want that ring just because it's like, that's pretty cool. Like, yeah. You know, a commemorative ring from the year I was born, like yeah. just literally months earlier, mm-hmm. you know, like what, two months probably earlier? I mean, October, um, November, December, yeah. Yeah, so like right uh, then before I was born, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, what are you doing over the Memorial Day weekend? Man, I'm going to gonna run a lot, going to drink some coffee, and yeah. have a really good time. Like, relax. <laughs> no, go, okay, good. Basically, relax. I see what you're describing. Like, I mean, it's like, it's going to be a relaxation. Like, it's been a busy month. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, almost every weekend, I think... We, I, like we've been out of town or like had something oh, yeah. or like, you know, met up with people and it's just, you know, it's, it's just been crazy or whatever, but like this weekend we have relatively no plans and that's pretty awesome. Yeah. So. I'll get to chill out a little bit on, uh, on Saturday and it will be like the first time in a couple of weeks that I've yeah. been able to just like, you know, I don't have anywhere to be when I, you know, after well, you I wake were, up. You were at Palm Beach Palm for Palm Beach, while? yeah. So yeah. Lot, How did that go by the way? We haven't talked about that. That's was, something you've been doing. It was great. So, um, I, we... Uh, went to the ocean for a couple hours before our flight back. That's cool. Uh, on the day of, I, the ocean ate my sunglasses. The my sea cardinal. was angry that day, my friends. <laughs> like an old man trying to send back soup in the belly. <laughs> yes. Uh, the, yeah, Hashtag my, Seinfeld reference. Uh, the sea has my glasses. I hope, this is what I hope. I hope some like very, very <clears throat> um, seasoned cardinal fan is mm-hmm. wandering the beach one morning. Ah. And sees a glint of red in the the surf, mm-hmm. walks over and finds these amazing St. Louis Cardinal sunglasses, yep. and it just makes his entire day, May, maybe his week. So either that's going to happen, uh-huh. like there's there's uh, there's three scenarios mm-hmm. I see happening three, here. All right. Okay, so that that is one, okay, and that's a very positive one. Mm-hmm. The second one is that it ends up as pollution and it uh, ends up killing some fish somewhere, and that would be pretty, you know, that, that's that's a pretty dark, well, that's, definitely that's a dark timeline. That's the hard, darkest timeline. Um, and so then the, the third possibility is that there is a uh, orca, a dolphin yes. out there, wearing your sunglasses, rolling around uh, the sea, looking like the coolest orca in the world. That would be amazing, and I hope... <laughs> I. I, I might might change my like preferred outcome to that one. I'm just saying, like some somebody's out there in the sea, you know, yes. uh, doing seafaring things, and, uh, and and an orca jumps up and he's got these, you know, the yeah. raddest sunglasses. Right. <laughs> Speaking of pollution, have you like noticed or oh, not man. noticed? Have you noticed all the pollution? <laughs> have you noticed the pollution? <laughs> yeah, it's, no, there's a lot of that. No, uh, have you have you have you ever seen have you seen pictures of? Uh, the trash lanes in the ocean where mm-hmm. all the trash just kind of goes. Yep. It's just these islands of trash. Yep. There's which, gigantic islands of trash. Which I find like just fascinating in the fact that it all ends up in the same place. Like just yeah. the way that the sea kind of works. Yeah. And uh, it's weird, dude. It's like 
I want. I, I. It makes me want to study. Like, like why? Why does do all the? Why do the sea lanes kind of converge here? Yeah, you know. Well, it's it's also um, it's interesting. NASA recently did some like some shots of pollution and, mm. and into the sea, like sea pollution or mm-hmm. whatever. And uh, and what the flow looked like and where the worst ones were and like how it spread. Like yeah. So uh, the worst pollution, uh, the worst pollutants come from like Asia, uh, from from China in right, particular. Right. Um, and the big you know, places they have there. Um, and they, it enters the sea, but then it, like it, on the graphic, it was like red and it goes everywhere. Oh yeah. yeah like yeah. it goes everywhere. Well, I mean, that was what was crazy. You know, the, the Japan disaster, they were finding, yeah. you know, trash wash up from Japan that had, where it was radioactive. Right. Um, not only on the West coast, mm. but they were finding stuff in Australia yeah. and New Zealand and stuff. That's like, it's oh the other gosh. entire hemisphere, man. Jeez. And, uh, they're finding, finding radioactive material from that disaster that's Washington. nuts man. yeah it's crazy it's also interesting on on uh uh <laughs> bear grills show ah, um yeah. man versus wild like he'll be dropped off in the most remote place on the on the planet and he's like all right he's like let's hit the stream or like hit the hit the beach and find some trash that we can use and you go down there and it's like he's like by the way he's like we didn't put any of this stuff here he's like this just happens and like you you just and every time inevitably there's like water bottles and yeah, there's yeah. and like water bottles with water in it and stuff and it's just like what poisoned water what? like okay so ever since you <laughs> said this to me a oh. few like years ago yeah. it has changed the way that i throw away water oh, bottles i still do this man yep and uh and it gives me the same like visions of uh of a world in which all of the water is gone <laughs> but it is trapped in water bottles uh-huh. in landfills and there are people that mine for the trapped water in <laughs> water bottles. That sounds amazing. It sounds like a really dystopian future. Yeah. Anyway. You should write that story. <laughs> that sounds like Mad Max, you know, Three. with water. Wait, Mad, Mad Max 5. <laughs> yeah, but with water yes. instead of gasoline. Yes. Anyway. That's, that's what yeah, so yeah, I was work well so when this kind of occurred to me, like I was working at the baseball stadium in yep. uh, Marion, Illinois. Yep. Um and like the amount of water what bottles is, the, is it the miners? That's the miners' yes, stadium, Southern Illinois miners. Mm-hmm. The the amount of water bottles we threw away every day just like astounded me. And it's like, and they're all like, they all kind of look like this, where they're like, you know, they they maybe drank the first third, and the rest just gets thrown away. And I was Man. like, how long does that water just all sit there inside that plastic bottle? It's an airtight container. I mean, do, do these eventually deteriorate? I don't know. I don't either. That's a good question. I don't, I doubt they kind of would until the atmosphere all goes away and they get melted down. I doubt that they're probably gonna go anywhere. Right. So that's just that's just water that you've just taken yeah. out of the world. That's like eight ounces of water that no one will ever use again. Right. Or at so. least for thousands of years probably i started before throwing away any of the water bottles um in any of my suites i was just started dumping them out and i still do that today yeah. like i pull i pull like water bottles just come pouring out of my car sometimes you know because i just i just throw them around everywhere it's like oh this is three weeks old you know like whatever it's got hot while it was in the store <laughs> yeah so like exactly yeah it's hot water uh so, oh. and actually plastic bottle bottles like if they get hot like super hot they somehow like re-release some of the cancerous things that are within the plastic That's and so you're disgusting. not supposed to like after something's even heated up and if even if you cool it back down, you're not supposed to drink it really. Well, I'm definitely not going to now. There you go. Um, so like every before, whenever I before I throw away all my water bottles, I dump them out. That's a good call, man. And I do it too, man. Now <laughs> now that you have you've like put that vision of the future, <laughs> which we're gonna be talking about Tomorrowland, and yeah. maybe that you know anyway. But that vision of the future is in my head. Yes. Every like even uh, even just a little bit, I'll like leave the cap off, and I'm like at least it'll evaporate, right? You know. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be good. Yeah. 
Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, just take the cap off. It'll yeah. pour out somewhere. It'll like it'll evaporate. It yeah. hits the air. You know, it's fine. Yeah. So, yeah. As long as it's not an airtight container. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we've gotten way off topic here. We have. Uh, sports and, and video games and Tomorrowland review is coming up. Yes. But first, we've got a topic for Stay On Topic. 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 All right, Chris. That was a twenty-minute intro. It, it was. That was a while, dude. <laughs> we we followed so many rabbits. Ended up in Neverland, or not? No, that's not the Neverland. Right Sorry, that's um, the second start of the right. Wonderland. Yes, Wonderland. Yeah. So uh, we have a stay on topic submission. Yeah. Um, and, and what this is, anybody can do this if you uh, if you have a Twitter. I mm-hmm. guess there are some prerequisites. You've got to have a Twitter, <laughs> <laughs> and and you've got to have a topic. Yeah. Um, and you just tweet at us on Twitter at Stay On Target Pod hashtag Stay On Topic. Uh-huh. And, uh, and anything that you want us to talk about, and if we pick it out. We will talk about it, and you yes. get a poster. So this is from at Norseman B-Ball, and um, you have won a poster of your choice. We've got a few of them. We've got uh, Batman yep, we've got, uh, versus okay, Superman so, so posters. Batman versus Superman posters. Yeah, one is Batman and one is Superman. They each have the opposing person's logo over their eyes. It's pretty cool looking. We also have an Avengers poster. It's like a white poster with the logo made out of Ultron. We have a... Uh, Interstellar. An, yep, Interstellar. Uh, matte kind of like um, poster. We have some Mad Max posters. They're brand new. This is true. Um, is, there, I think is, that, I, is that all that's over there? Uh, I think that's what was over here, yeah. What's that one on the very bottom there? The very bottom is that one is actually... Uh, one oh, that's from, leftover. One of mine yeah. from back in the day. Yeah, yeah. So that's actually the only one in this pile that is mine. So, <laughs> <laughs> and it is from Guardians of the Galaxy, and it's yes. a pretty sweet poster. So. Yeah, it's it's amazing. But we, we can't. Give we've it away. already given one of uh, one or two of those away. So, so um, we'll direct message you and uh, ask you what you want. Yeah, and we'll get that to you. But yeah. He his, his question is at Stay on Target Pod hashtag Stay on Topic. What is your guys' favorite sports video games? Ever question mark question mark hashtag for the poster win. Well, you did win a poster. Yes, and uh, and so we will, to the best of our ability, hash out this question, dig in deep into our pasts. Yeah. Um, yeah, because he said ever, ever, like of all time, like so. This could be anything. So, do you want to start this off by like just kind of discussing the games that we have, sports games we've played in the past? Yes, and some of like the ones that have stuck out to us. Yeah, and the things. ones that stuck out the most. Okay, so very then can, first. Then we can pick a winner. So, Chris, I'm gonna go really, really far back. That's a deep okay. cut. This is a deep cut. The very first sports video game yeah. that you and I ever played, or at least yeah. that I ever remember playing. Yeah. Uh, maybe you played some before I did, but uh, was in, on the Atari, like 2600. Oh, man. We had a basketball game. My, our dad yes. had an Atari and what a was bunch that of called? cards. Oh, I don't remember. I think it was just basketball. Like, I, I literally <laughs> don't think there was anything else, you know. And it was, uh, it was the weirdest thing it was maybe i don't know what the pixels were just gigantic squares and the people were stick figures mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they would put out their little arm mm-hmm. their little uh their little uh pixel arm mm-hmm. and they would go boom 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 and bounce a little one pixel as yep. the basketball yep up and down it was all one color like there were no colors this was just like orange on black or white on black or something and uh and you would run from one side to the other, and if you push the button, if you were on the defending team, it would try to steal a ball away from the other guy. Yes. Or if you had the ball, it would shoot the ball. Nice. So, yeah, anyway. Yeah. I don't even did, remember what the physics of that game were. Did we also have a tennis game? Was mm. there a tennis? Um, 
There might Atari have been game. because you had the. Uh, it was with the. Uh, I think you're right because it was with the little slider. Yeah. Um. Whatever those were called, like the, the paddle. Scroll. The yeah, paddle. the paddle. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you would spin the paddle to go left and right, and you would uh, press the button on the side to swing your. Uh, yes. Or to launch. I think it was it, called so. like Superstar Tennis or something like that. I think it, I think it was too. Or maybe it was um, just called tennis. I think uh, it was just like everything just else. called tennis. <laughs> Pong technically could be called, considered a tennis, like the a most sports game. Yeah, yeah. The most uh, far back sports game. That's, anyway, that's true. But yeah, so that was the, the deepest cut. That's that awesome. I have. What yeah. about you, man? You? Well, I was, you know, man, I I wasn't going back that far. The first thing that. <laughs> First thing that popped into my mind as far as like sports games that I loved, okay, yeah. I, there was two. Actually, um, I'm probably the the one I liked the most was NHL All Star Hockey. Dude, you loved that game. Yeah, on the Sega Game Gear. Yeah, and uh, what's funny about that game is that I never really was that good at it. Um, I would just try to get in there and, and hit hit people like get, but you were really really good at it what do you remember what team you used on oh, that? yeah i always use the blues st louis blues man okay because i remember i would try to use and maybe it was the team that i was choosing just was terrible but i was i, I tried to choose the ones with the brightest jerseys ah. um and so it would end up being you know somebody with a red jersey uh or something like that so i, I don't know which teams that would have potentially been but that's awesome. I, I didn't know anything about sports teams at the time. I was just like, bright colors! Yes. I mean, I didn't really know a whole lot about hockey at that time either, but uh, it was a fun game. Yeah, for sure, dude. I, I And speaking of the game gear, yeah, there was a baseball game yep. that we had on the game that I remember putting in, in so many hours into. World Series Baseball 95. So this was the first experience I think we had with creating your own character Yeah. Um, and drafting your own people for your team. Uh, didn't we have the... the uh, what was the name of the team? Was it like the CJs or something like that? Oh, you're for right. Chris and John. Yeah, and it was. It was the CJs. I think we spelled, did we spell it weird? Or it was we like might have spelled it like the C. C-E-E-J-A-Y-S. C-E-E-A. Oh, yeah, that J-A-Y-S. might be right. I don't remember Man, which Man, we way. should boot this up and figure we it out. We really should. Let's, uh, let me see if I can get that game gear loaded. All right, yeah. So like the, the, the fav- my favorite thing about um, this game was we created a character and we manipulated the stats in such a way that we could hit the ball, or, or no, no, that's what it was. We created a pitcher that we could strike out any opponent. That's right. He basically threw this like curve sinker <laughs> yeah, ball on the yes. outside corner that no one could oh, hit. Oh yeah. Um, some we would have sometimes have trouble with people who were uh, like um, left-handed. Yes, left-handed yes, hitters. Lefties were a little bit harder. But well, you because had to, like, you could hit the other person. Yeah, you had to throw them like a certain way, and it was like a certain timing on the pad to like to spin the ball. Yeah. And uh, and make that happen. So yeah, yeah. it was pretty wild. Um, but it was it was a really fun game. Another game, that, um, kind of jumping forward in time, that we uh, that we create a lot of characters for um, was for the Dreamcast game World Series. Wait, hang on. Nope. Uh, it was Sega Sports NBA Two K. So wait, so NBA Two K. So you're talking about that because we did have uh, another one for the Dreamcast that was a baseball game. So it was a World Series Baseball Two K One. I think yeah. is what we had. Um, but yeah, so dude, the M, uh, that NBA one, like you could get so in depth on that and make just ridiculous characters. Yes, yeah. It's, it was, and so like some of them were like we made this guy. I think his name was Harry Mann, spelled M A N N. Yep, that's right. And uh, which remind, makes me think of uh, Doctor Man from Interstellar. Uh, but he uh, he was super super short, 
but could dunk like no other mother. Oh, dude, he, <laughs> he could jump, and he did like fly from like half court, if I remember. Like, yeah, he could just, yeah, dude. He could like get a th- like from the three line. It was like Space Jam. Dunk, dunk that sucker. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, I just took out Chicago Syndicate from oh, the, uh, the Game Gear, and that's a great game. That's yeah. not a sports game, though. No. Unless uh, being a mobster is considered a sport. It is not <laughs> where I'm from, at least. Um, yeah. So like, it was yeah, it was it was crazy cool. Like, I think that's the game that I've spent the most time on. Like creating so many characters. I think we maxed out the amount of characters that we could create. We totally did. On uh, on NBA 2K. We totally did. I remember like we would because we would have really tall people and we would have really sh- I don't I don't remember uh, did we have characters that were were not just extremes? Yeah, we did. I mean we had some normal characters cuz you could base them on like real players and stuff like that. So. I remember them having some really cool like uh like tattoo uh type art that yeah. you could put on them. Yeah, they had stuff. a lot of cool customization options. Yeah. I mean honestly like I feel like it was you know some of the the best customization options for uh, consoles at the time. You know, like it was the Dreamcast. It's a brand new sports game coming out with the the release of it, and uh, yeah, it was it was really the the tagline on the back of this NBA Two K so real you'll need an agent. Yep, it was the CJs, the S E A J A Y S. That's amazing. And it was dude. Uh, we also had one called Firebird. What? I, I I don't know what that is. Can I see? I yeah. I mean, you, this, is the, this is the team select. That's amazing. Yeah, which is nuts. Firebird. How did we remember that? I what? wasn't even sure about that. What did we, uh, we like? Had the CJs. What was Firebird? Man? I don't know. That's a good question. But I remember we would draft like our favorite characters or our favorite players. So it was a lot of Cardinals, a lot of St. Yep. Louis Cardinals. But then we would also draft like like uh, Derek Jeter, like yep. all, all the all the cool guys. You know, yeah. all, all the really really the best of the best. Right. You know. Um, I remember not drafting uh, Barry Bonds for some reason. Oh, because we didn't like him because yeah. he was. Uh, That's right. It was back whenever he was trying to break Mark McGuire's record. That's right. That's and we right. were Mark McGuire fans. Oh yeah. Um, so a, a game that I've played on multiple platforms that I absolutely love. Yeah. Um, is uh, NBA Jam. We had it on yeah. Game Gear's NBA yeah. Jam Tournament Edition. I have. Yep. Uh, I played it on um, Xbox. It was the On Fire Edition. Um, I think, uh, man, I think there was another version on Xbox that I played. Um, the, I think we had a version for, did we have a version for Dreamcast? Uh, we totally did. We absolutely did. We also had uh, NBA. Oh, wait, no, that was NBA Showtime. Yeah, here's NBA Showtime. But, it was but, NBA Showtime. It's but, basically the same game, though. Yeah. I remember literally you could get having, on fire and stuff. Yeah, you could get on fire, and I remember the announcer being the exact same, too. Um, and but they're it, both published by Midway. Yeah, this is the same game. I want to say it's the same game. It's just a <laughs> rip off of their own game or something, you know? Because I remember you could enter in the codes and like, because in NBA Jam you could become like presidents yes. and you could become like uh, political figures and all this like really fun stuff. Yeah. And so like I just remember doing that in Showtime too. Yeah. You know, so I, I I think they're the same game. Yeah. Um. Yeah, dude, that game is really fun. Yes. And still holds up to this day. Yeah, for so, sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I every once in a while i see like this i have like the newest version for 360 and every once in a while i'll bust it out like and play a couple matches like i, I haven't beat the entire game yet so i'm like well i'll just, I'll just work through this till i beat it for sure dude so here's something that i was gonna throw out there like if you're looking for like fun like party games like that are sports games um idarb came out recently and you can mm. technically call that a sports game it's That's like a, it's a weird sports game it's kind of in the realm of like hey pong or something like that right. but it's like it's a uh you can have you know uh eight like four on four so eight players yes and so it's really fun like couch co-op kind of thing to uh to play and it's we really need, fast-paced 
we need to have an IDAR party where we have eight on eight in the same room. Yeah. And the, what's really fun is you can also hash bomb people. So like you can, uh, if you tweet certain things, it will do like change the rules certain ways and it'll like yeah. affect the game. So it's like, even if you're not, uh, playing the game and you're in the room with people who are, it's fun to, to participate that way. Yeah. So yeah, if you're looking for a party, like party sports games, that's a, that's a good one. Some more recent games that, um, I've picked up. Um, I picked up, uh, Actually, after the the baseball season ended last year, I was kind of like, well, I'm kind of having baseball withdrawals. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you know, like you do. So I'm gonna pick up uh, MLB the Show. Yeah. uh, On uh, PlayStation Four, and uh, I'm really liking. Like it's so. What's funny is, um, I, I basically like I had taken a long kind of break between like sports games well i think that that are like the one before that that i had played was the world series baseball 2k1 right and so that was whenever 2k was still like the you know the top notch baseball well, that's kind on of dreamcast people. yeah that was yeah. on dreamcast back in the day but i mean the the cool thing about the show is like you can kind of just jump right in and like kind of get a feel for the game like mm. and uh, i'm really enjoying it um that's it's uh it's it's definitely one to um, to check out if you're into baseball. Well, they've got like a season manager and stuff like that. That's really cool too. So yeah, if you have a Vita, you can take it on the go. If you, it's not cross buy. So like, if you buy one, you have to buy the other. But mm. it's cross save, so you can you can take your games on the go and stuff like that. It's really, oh, that's really cool. cool. Yeah, that makes me that makes me want uh, a Vita. They've also like um, for if you upgrade from 2014 MLB The Show 14 to MLB The Show 15, you can continue your career path. So that's uh, I think that's a, a really cool idea, just because, you know, it takes a long time. I mean, especially a baseball season it means you got to pay play like what 166 games or yeah. whatever, you know. And if they're all say you know even 30 minutes each, that's a lot of time. And that so, is a lot of time. Um, it's cool to be able to, like play with updated rosters and play with new mechanics, but be able to continue your career path. Yeah, for sure. Um, I did have one other notable mention. All right. Um, uh, FIFA, I think it was FIFA 14. Yes. Uh, have had some fun playing that with some friends, uh, couch, couch style, uh, like co-op style. And that, that was a, that was a really good time. Yeah. So I think you actually played it more than I did, uh, with people. So. Yeah. FIFA's a lot of fun, man. Yeah. Really good fun. Yeah. Okay. So we are at the point where we need to pick one mm-hmm. as our favorite ever. Yeah. So definitively from this list of games, which one is your favorite? Man, I'm going to ha- That's the drum roll. I'm going to have to go with Major League Baseball 95. Really? So the Game Gear. The Game Gear, Major League Baseball 95. Where'd nice. I, I oh, it's over oh, here it's in, in the game. It's in the game gear. gear. Okay, yeah. yeah. I think that's what it was called. Isn't that what it's called? Uh, y- yes. No. Let me see. World, World Series, Series Baseball uh, '95. There it is. Um. So yeah, th- I, that was an awesome one, man. So give me the the bullet points. Why is that the like? Why does that come out on top of all these? Um. I got to play as my. Well, we made our own team, the yep. CJs. Yep. It was a pretty cool career mode. Uh-huh. We had some really good players. I felt like I was, you know, like on top of the game. Yep. Like I could. I could succeed in any situation in that game. Yep. And so, because of uh, our, our amazing pitcher. Yeah, I'd learned it inside and out. I um, got to play some of my favorite characters, not characters, some of my favorite players, some of my favorite people. Yeah. Um, my baseball heroes. Yep. So yeah. that's why I liked it. Okay, so mine. Um, going back to just pure fun. Like as in just the amount of like the amount of fun had over years. 
is uh, NBA Jam slash, I guess, NBA Showtime <laughs> on Dreamcast for, for some reason renamed. Yeah, the full title of this game is NBA Showtime, NBA on NBC. So sponsored by NBC, obviously. Apparently. Uh, also endorsed by Shaq. <laughs> Says it right, on, right there on the front. Oh, because Shaq is about to dunk on the front. Shaq is dunking a, a ball flaming, that is on fire. Flaming basketball. But it's endorsed. Sha- if Shaq endorses it, it's got to be good, right? It's definitely good. Um, remember that song? And I heard it recently at a race, like pre-race, like where I'm, I'm about to run uh, like a 5K or something. They played uh, "How I Beat Shaq" by yes. uh, Aaron Carter. That is a wild remember song. That song. I do yeah. remember that song. Anyway, I remember that song was like all over the Disney Channel. Yeah, I do, and I remember that uh, wasn't Shaq in that video or uh, something like that. Was he? I don't remember. I'm pretty sure he was. I'm pretty sure he was in that video. So, which is which is pretty funny. NBA Showtime, talk to talk and back it up, dude. So that's something like he said. We should start doing this. We should start. Um, You're on fire. We should start finding uh, game inserts and reading them and reading oh, like my at least goodness. like the the. The most dramatic parts. Oh, of course. Well, I uh, I suspect that if we can find some of the booklets to our uh, some of the old like Game Gear games or even like some of the um, uh, Nintendo games and things like that, I imagine that they would have some pretty amazing. So this things. is back before the internet. You know, get all the secret codes, hidden characters, and sweet spots with the Brady Games NBA Showtime NBA on NBC official player guide. That's a, that's that's the title right there. It's 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 the uh, the Brady Games NBA Showtime NBA on NBC official player guide. How many times can they say like NBA in that title? <laughs> I think they need to say it at least one more time. Yeah. Um, master the double dunks, fadeaways, and crushing defense to become NBA champion. Double dunks, man. To purchase the Brady Games NBA Showtime NBA on NBC officials player <laughs> official player guide. Visit your local electronics book or software retailer. It's this is the audiobook version of the uh, the insert of NBA Showtime, NBA on NBC. Man, this is back like they have. Uh, you could you can mail them mail Midway things like fan Mid- art and stuff. Midway Home Entertainment Incorporated, PO Box two zero nine seven. Dude, nice. Coruscant, Texas. PO Box. It's style. a PO Box man. PO Box style. Want to send some fan mail, dude. So maybe some uh, some art. I want to send some art of a flaming basketball. Uh, maybe like a cosplay of someone slam on fire, slam dunking. We need to light someone on fire, have <laughs> oh them slam God. dunk a basketball. I think they do that like in in like Photoshop or something. Because I don't think you literally have to like put somebody no, on fire. No, I'm I'm gonna put someone on fire. I don't even know if that photographs well. I'm not sure fire photographs that well. Oh, if you have the right shutter speed, it photographs well. Okay. You would know better than I would because I, I don't know anything about uh, film and and about. As lo- I think as long as as long as we, we 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 need to light it properly. Yeah, we need to do some testing first. Okay, lots we, of lots, lots of, of testing. Not yeah. only to make sure we can take the picture, also make sure the person's not going to die. Yeah, the person survives the yeah. experience. Let's uh let's use uh, crash dummy. Yeah, crash of test course. dummy. Of course, you know. <laughs> Remember the crash test? I dummy? want uh, now, like I said that, and I immediately want to go find all my crash test dummy toys. Me too. Like where the the car that would uh, the airbag would pop yeah. out, and, and the, it would hit their chest, and their heads would pop off. The and their front arms hood would, pop would just off. like break in half. So here's the thing: it's like <laughs> thinking about those as toys. Like you're a kid, and it goes, "Here's what would happen to you in a car wreck: your arms are going to pop off, and your head's going to pop off." Yeah, I mean, it how ke- is this the thing that we teach to children with toys? Well, it hopefully makes you better drivers in the future because and- you think of the consequences, John. Okay, you got to think of the consequences. And then you strap your seatbelt. 
Yeah, you strap your seatbelt. Because you don't want your head and arms to pop you off. You don't want your head and arms to pop off. You don't speed. Um, things like that. And go through the windshield, that sort of thing. Yes. Yeah. 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 That makes, it makes a little bit more sense whenever you put it in that context, but it still just is very strange. Like, be like, I feel like a kid would just not want, like, there's got to be some kid with an adverse reaction to this thing. And he's like, I don't want to go in the car. Didn't we have, like, some kind of computer animated crash test dummy mm, movie? Yes, we did, where they uh, were fighting these other crash test dummies for some reason. Yeah. I, I, I don't remember the plot. I want to pull this back out and figure out what was going on in that. Me too? But like, <laughs> so... <laughs> we should do it and review it. Yeah, we should. We should do it on the show and review it. Oh my goodness. Speaking of reviews, we've got one to do, but that's stay on topic. topic, topic. All right, on to the review. Tomorrowland. Tomorrowland. There's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. That's the song that they sing in Tomorrowland. It was actually in this movie. When? It was in this movie, like, whenever he's at the World's Fair. Ah. Um, so, like, the, there's the, the Carousel of Progress, okay, which, like, going and seeing it now, like, it's, it's awesome that it's there or whatever, but it is very um, outdated yeah. at Disneyland. Oh, and, that's understandable. Uh, like, the family that they're portraying or whatever, it's like, this is... This is not really like the, applicable necessarily to today's families and things, but that song is awesome, and it was in this movie. That's awesome. Yeah. There's a lot of little nostalgic little touches that were in the, yeah. the first, I would say, first act of this movie Yeah, um, that were nice. Yeah. So let's, um, we'll do a spoiler-free part, and then we'll do some spoiler stuff. For sure. Um, we'll have a, a substantial spoiler clock uh, countdown, uh, so you can turn it off, go watch the movie, and then, uh, and then come back. Um, I really, really liked, uh, the overall kind of world that they created in this and, and Tomorrowland actually was very appealing. Um, I wasn't, uh, it wasn't necessarily what I was expecting. Um, but I think, you know, the biggest thing that this di- did in the first like part of this uh, movie was it made me want to go to the uh, Disney world and yeah. go to Tomorrowland and go to the parks. Agreed. I mean, it, it, like I said, like the nostalgia factor of like, uh, they they go on. Uh, it's a small world at one mm-hmm. point, and that's not a really a spoiler or anything. But it's like they they uh, they encounter a few things that are just super nostalgic. Yeah, um, and makes you make you really just want to go to Disney World and, and experience that kind of bright future thing. So. Yeah, and overall, this movie kind of has that got that kind of feel to it. It kind of you know it almost feels like you're watching maybe something that um, is in the parks, like that was created in the parks. You know for. Uh, um, you know, you don't have to expect Walt Disney to walk out, you know, oh, yeah. one of the side doors. Be like, oh, yeah. you know, let's go to Tomorrowland. Oh, and- yeah. And there, there are numerous times in this where it's like, even from a plot perspective and that sort of thing, um, it, where it just like when you were like, man, this is just super hopeful and very like it, it captures the essence of what uh, Disney and Disney World in particular and Disneyland, um, what, what they kind of uh, the vibe that they give, yeah. you know, this really bright kind of happy and and uh, and, and cheerful future. So. Yeah, there's a lot of like collaboration. There's a lot of dreaming. There's a lot of like innovation happening. And so like all those kinds of things that that Walt Disney tried to uh, instill in not only with Disney World, but his his employees and in the television specials like that sense of wonder you know like yeah. that's present and i i like it's it's not only pl- 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 
I can't talk. It's not only <laughs> present in the the movie and the and in Tomorrowland, but it's portrayed in um, the main protagonist. I uh, can't remember her name right now. Casey. Casey. Yes. Yeah, dude. Um, and, so awesome. Yeah, and it was it was just really cool. And even the the uh, the the younger girl. Um, oh, uh, was it Athena? Yep. Let me. I'm gonna look up. I'm gonna look this up so I don't mess up any my name anybody's names anymore. Okay. It's getting late, John. It is getting. It um, is getting late. Uh, Britt Robertson played uh, yes. Casey Newton, and she's amazing. She's awesome. Yeah, uh, she was on uh, Under the Dome. Oh yeah, and The Secret Circle. Um, yes. Anyway, but yeah, so she was she was amazing. Like I loved I loved the way her character worked too, and and the chemistry uh, and timing and things between her character. And I guess all three of the main characters of this. Um, yeah, because we had uh, we had uh, Frank uh, played by George Clooney, and uh, and he was kind of this. He really sunk into this uh, the grumpy old man kind of uh, <laughs> kind of uh, character and that was really fun to see because at first like a lot of times whenever George Clooney plays I love George Clooney he's one of my favorite actors but a lot of times whenever he plays a character he's playing George Clooney like he whenever he shows up in uh, in some things he's he's George Clooney um, and he has kind of that that same character but in this it, it really kind of took a twist on what George Clooney could be or is it, it like i said it has this kind of like it's like a g- grumpy george clooney and it's pretty awesome yeah so. i mean i think the thing is like i think they you know it's not it's, it's he's a better actor than you know somebody like you know bruce willis where it's like he Correct. is literally the same character oh absolutely yeah, yeah but you know like because you know i think about things like good night and good luck oh my gosh and um when, in gravity whenever he's in gravity yeah. like yes he's this charismatic guy that's just mm-hmm. kind of like that's what you want from george clooney oh, yeah but i think he's 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 a, a he's a decent character actor as well yes. not so much as like you know someone like tom hanks or something like that right but uh but yeah he fits his role perfectly oh yeah and and again it was it was enough of a twist on like the his demeanor in something like um like gravity mm-hmm. that it was just so like it was a different like it was yeah. very very different to me and i was like yeah. this is this is awesome you know it just yeah. felt felt good um but yeah the uh the 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 timing and chemistry between all of them it just felt really nice mm-hmm. yeah um, from a visual perspective, mm, just yeah. some really nice, clean visuals. Yeah, I mean, like obviously, there's a lot of CG in this, but it doesn't feel like it's CG. It always mm-hmm. feels real, and like in the, all this stuff, I like. I honestly, I I wish that I saw could see more of Tomorrowland, mm. um, and uh, more of the like the just the cool visuals. You know, like yeah, you know, there's some sequences whenever you know, like the, you're just honestly, you just want to look around and just take it all in. Yeah. And, uh, they do a pretty good job of letting you do that, but you know you don't stay there for very long. And honestly, like those are the most intriguing things to me. Um, yeah, and and like okay, so as much as like it's called Tomorrowland, and uh, and that's like the the whole premise of this thing is 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 around Tomorrowland mm-hmm. and kind of that aspect. But there was a, a lar- large portion of the movie that wasn't spent in Tomorrowland. I, mean, I would say the majority of the movie, right, is not in Tomorrowland. Is not in Tomorrowland. And uh, so, yeah, you're right. I, I did miss some of the things. And it, like, uh, I almost wanted to see more of the um, the life yeah. in Tomorrowland. Like, what what was that like? So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree. Like, I think, you know, if I'm going to critique this movie um, and kind of dock it in any areas, I would say, number one, um, we started off really, really well, and there's, like, this kind of mystery surrounding Tomorrowland. Mm-hmm. Once that kind of starts getting unveiled, mm-hmm. like, I honestly just want to go there mm-hmm. and stop talking about it. Yeah. And Show, I don't, don't tell kind of thing. Exactly. And I don't feel like we spent enough time there. 
because of that, I feel like the the movie feels slow once we get into like the second act. Yeah. Um, and it could have it, it, it's slow. It's also kind of overly long by the time you get to the end of it. You know, it's like two hours ish, mm. and I feel like you know if they had maybe sped up the middle section a little bit they could have trimmed maybe you know 20 minutes out of this thing and it would have felt a lot better yeah there's a few there's a few pacing things with it that i just that being very nitpicky on it you know cuz as while i enjoyed it the whole time there was a couple of moments in there where i was kind of like okay so what's next yeah. you know you, while you're enjoying what you're seeing you're like yeah. hey, how does this get us where we're going or, or that sort of thing? Right. Um, so you were aware, Although you, you kind of were able to step back and be aware what you're talking about with the, you know, like the really cool visuals and like, you know, the gadgets and like, you know, these really cool technological like mm-hmm. things, those are all kind of front loaded into the front of the movie where Very you're much. seeing like, you know, you think about something like, I'm going to compare it to Mad Max for a second, which I know you haven't seen, but like things like from Mad Max, kind of get progressively crazier as you go like no not crazier get progressively more complex so like um these cool things you see at the beginning you like by the end it's like these like more elaborate versions of them yeah whereas in this movie i feel like we started with the elaborate and we started with like okay here is all the cool things that you know tomorrowland has to offer mm-hmm. by the time we get to the end none of that has like morphed into something greater it's yeah. you know like and honestly like I, from a visual perspective yeah, yeah. And so like you know there, that sense of awe and wonderment that you saw you felt in the beginning of the movie is no longer really present by the end of the movie yeah i can get that and uh and part of that Okay, so part of that is I I will argue that it was narratively based. Like I mean, part of it part of it was definitely like yeah. um like you go on a similar journey as the uh, protagonists, right? And so like because of because of their journey, it's like I can see how that had happened. But thinking about something like another Brad Bird film, like The Incredibles, right? There is there's definitely an escalation uh, each time that you encounter something like there's mm-hmm. always an escalation of like okay while well, we started here we're going to escalate it here and mm-hmm. it, like it you know it, it grew as you went you're mm-hmm. right um so yeah i mean it, it definitely had some of that but i some of that was i guess part of you know making you go on the same journey as the the main yeah. characters um so another thing like i like that that we have going for this movie um is like the just the grandiose happiness of this movie, like mm. I, like mm-hmm. that was the the number one thing. It felt a lot like um, you mentioned. I don't I don't know if it was in this section or the section before you mentioned like a, like a Disney Channel movies or, or or that sort of thing. Like even like I mentioned the parks, right? Like like there's that cheeriness about it, yeah. but it reminded me of a really really high budget like. Uh, with effects and things like kids movie at some points like yeah. back in the day and this is a PG movie right um, and so you do get a lot of that and it is a long movie for a PG movie and for an all, all audiences movie yeah but you get a lot of that like kid friendly kind of uh, kind of fun kind of humor yeah. uh, going in so yeah I, I agree with that minus you know um, minus some uh, just a little bit of language. Yes. You know, it's like, but, and a lot of death. There was a decent amount of yeah. death in this too. Like we, there was a, you know, that's, that's something to consider. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about that on the way, on the way here after the movie. And because I immediately went there too, I'm like, okay, this kind of felt at sometimes some parts like this feels like, you know, like a 
Disney Channel movie. And honestly, I think that's just from the predictability of some parts of the plot. Ah. Like, it's not like it's not that by the, at the front of the movie you know what's going to happen at the end of the movie. Right, that's not, not at all. That's not the case. But it's once we start a sequence, it's like okay, I know where this is going, and it also takes five minutes to get there. Yeah. You know, um, and so. I think there's there's some predictability there that it's not necessarily bad, but mm. it doesn't make it for a, a extremely surprising film. Right. It it makes it okay. So I think that like that makes it more accessible to yeah. uh, to younger audiences. Yeah. While at the same time you have like you said like some language, you have uh, a lot of a lot of kind of death going on. Yeah. And I wonder almost like the 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 death and like language and things. I almost wonder if because it's a Disney movie, it like is able to get away with some of that stuff. Uh, like for like the ratings and things like, I just wonder, uh, at what point would this have become a PG 13 -13. kind of movie? Yeah. I don't know. Was it PG 13? No, it was was a PG movie. That's wild. I know. Um, yeah. I mean, because there was, I mean, there's not only that, but there's a lot of like action kind of fantasy violence, you know? Um, and it's kind of sci-fi kind of violence. Um, you know, I don't know, you know, like that's an interesting point to bring up. But yeah, like that that's really I think the the problems I have with the plot. We can talk more about it whenever we have spoilers. Um we talk about spoilers, but yeah, like there there's some predictability there that um I didn't necessarily need and mm-hmm. uh you know, it it kind of bogs down the film at times, you know, cuz like yeah. you do start a you start a sequence and you know like okay, this is what's happening here. Mm-hmm. It takes a minute to get there. And so the entire time you're just like, honestly, just watching it, waiting for what you know is going to happen to happen. For sure. Um, the coolest, I will say like, l- listen, the, the coolest parts about this movie and, and the, the, the most intriguing to me were like, you know, whenever we are seeing all the cool tech and um, the cool inventions and like the way things work, like they would explain kind of trying to try to get into the way things work. And yeah, you know, like, uh, yeah, with that, we'll talk about more of that whenever we we can spoil things. But for I mean, sure, it was man, it was fascinating just seeing all these cool like futuristic kind of things. And yeah. uh, I just I wish that 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 we had seen more of it. Oh yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean I, that is that's my thing. There's a lot to love about the movie. Mm-hmm. Um. From everybody's performances, were just yeah. were just oh, man. nailed spot I mean, on. Like uh, yeah, I think they carried that carried the movie. Like oh, yeah. if if the performances weren't as great, then I feel like this would be like a subpar movie. Right. It made it it made it very very believable too. Yeah. Um to that point, you know, yeah. it, it made it very believable that these, you know, that this would potentially happen or that these characters would act this way. Yeah. You know, it's like they they were all just wonderful. Um but like looking at like that's that's an amazing positive. Some of the visuals were just stunning and really oh my awesome. Gosh, yeah. Um, and then the the negative side of that, like the action was really good. Like there were some really cool action sequences. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of the negative side of that is some of the pacing, uh, both from a plot perspective and from like a a scene to scene. Like once, like you said, once something starts, it's like you kind of know where this is going. Yeah. Um, and then I also thought the last criticism I'll make, and it's not really spoilerish, um, is that the villain or or the the uh, forces of antagonism uh, weren't quite as strong in this as I would have kind of hoped or thought yeah. that we were going for. So yeah, I mean, I agree with that. We can talk about that more in a second. Um, yeah. I, I thought that honestly, like there were some things that I could have done without in terms of what they tried to make the antagonist, and uh, and so yeah, but. Overall, like I would go see this movie, like especially if you if you like kind of like you know sci-fi 
uh, movies, you like kind of some kind of character stuff. If you really like Disney parks, go. Oh yeah. You know, if if you are just a oh, Disney yeah. lover, go. Yeah. Um, and it's an entertaining time. Like it's, it's yeah. a, you know, it's it's a really entertaining time. Yeah, it's, it's an entertaining time. It has a great message, and you yeah. know, I re- really, really like um, the majority of this movie. I wouldn't say it's a must see, though. I wouldn't say like okay, so I wouldn't say, uh, or at least it's not a must see in theaters. Or yeah, that that's kind of what I would say. I, I would say that this is a uh, if again, like you said, if you really love Disney stuff, if you really love like uh, the Disney parks and Tomorrowland, and if you really love uh, any of these actors or actresses, um, go see it yeah it's it's great in theaters but you're right it's it's not like for for the average kind of movie goer or whatever mm-hmm. um this isn't necessarily a must see in theaters right. like wait until it comes out and you can rent it uh and uh and see it there so yeah yeah but i do say go see it if you are at all interested in it i think you will you will not leave displeased yes you won't leave the theater with a frown on your face yes all right chris yeah are we ready to spoil this? I'm thing? ready to spoil this. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, Let's have a, so a clock. the clock is ticking down, and uh, we're going to throw out a spoiler really quickly, Yeah. and uh, and it's going to be mind-blowing. Yes. I'm, I'm teeing up Chris to... <laughs> it's going to be huge. This is going to be the most mind-bendingly spoilerish thing ever. It will. In five, four, three, two, one. Throw out a spoiler! Athena is a robot. <laughs> So that was interesting. Yeah. Um, and that was an interesting kind of dynamic to this movie too. Mm-hmm. Um, like having one of the main characters be an AI kind of situation. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, th- I thought, but I thought that was really, really interesting, you know, Agreed. um, I, I could very sci-fi. I couldn't help but think about, yeah, exactly. Like if you're going to talk about a Tomorrowland, like you have to have uh, robots slash AI yeah. present. And yeah. so like, that's, that's really cool. It, it kind of made me think about, uh, we, Went or I went and saw uh, Ex Machina, mm-hmm. and uh, kind of make me think about that a little bit um, during in the middle of this movie. But it was cool, like uh, um, making a lot of the bad guys, like the guys that are chasing them the entire time, robots. Because you could do really cool things in terms of killing them. Oh yeah, you know, like you had lasers that like are in a shape of a grid pattern, and like they just come through in pieces. You yep. know, and um, you had the electric shocks. Yeah. You know. Um, you had the wall that was a giant magnet, you oh know, my gosh. and uh, these cool like pulse gun kind of things. Really good like twists on like, oh my gosh, I wouldn't have thought. And like the funny thing about whenever you're escaping from uh, from Frank's house is mm. that it's you realize, and, <laughs> and this is a show don't tell thing. You realize that. All of the 25 years that he's been here, he yeah. has been preparing for this. Right. He has known that at some point that this is a possibility that, that, they, send, that they send robots for him. And so, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's it, that was awesome. And it, that was, like I said, like a show don't tell kind of thing where this guy is a – uh, a doomsday prepper, if you will, yeah. uh, for these robots coming to attack well, him and kill him. And for the inevitable, inevitable in his mind, apocalypse. Exactly. Um, I love the way that this started off, you know, like, and I love kind of the, the way that they, um, they portrayed the loss of hope and innovation in our society, mm-hmm. um, as, uh, kind of the end of the space age and tearing down, you know, the launch pads and stuff like that. And I'll compare that to a, something in my own life where, um, uh, I got married in 2010 
mm-hmm. I think the last shuttle launch was in January, and we were down in Florida, like on our honeymoon. They had like tried to launch the thing like three times in a row, yeah, and it kept getting rained out. And so like one of the days like that they were thinking about doing it was like I think our second to last day or whatever, yeah. And I was like, man, well we could drive the eight hours over to the other side of Florida mm-hmm. and watch this shuttle launch maybe, but if you know getting rained out, there's like yeah. a sixty percent chance of rain. Yep. It's like, well, do we do it? Didn't end up doing it. Kind of wish I had. If I had known that there would be no sh- no more shuttle launches after that, right? That, that was literally the last shuttle launch. Yeah, um, I probably would have, you know, made sure I drove over there to see it. And next time, the first shuttle launch, if we ever have one again, I'm going. Yeah, I mean, I, I think like at this point, it's uh, like that's there's some been some interesting developments in that front um, as far as like private organizations kind of rising right. up. And then I think it was recently somebody who's like a big big wig at NASA was quoted as saying like, "Oh, they're not going to Mars without us." You know, and so yeah. it's like, and I don't know what that means exactly. I don't know if that's like a, if that's like a, a confrontational, like here, hey, you know, you can't go to space without NASA, yeah. or if it's more like, <laughs> you know, yes. we'll keep you on the ground. <laughs> we're, we're gonna, you know, sabotage their stuff just like, uh, like Casey well, was sabotaging their well, teardown I mean, gear. Oh, so what's funny, you know, like uh, this is a side note. Like, there's some kind of like private company that's been doing like test launches recently, yeah, and they keep failing, yeah, they keep exploding and things like that. Yeah. So it's like, I mean. Well, everybody, okay, if, if you haven't ever looked on YouTube and Googled, like, failed uh, rocket launches, yeah, like, there are numerous, <laughs> numerous videos uh, of failed rocket launches that are just, they're both uh, amusing and horrifying at the same time. Yeah. Um, and that's, it's just, yeah, it's amusing and horrifying and it, yeah, anyway. But, but I think that was, a, that was a great way, you know, and, and really kind of like touched me, like, because like that was, you know, that's how I yeah. feel. I'm like, man, like we really kind of taken a step back in terms of like pushing the envelope in the science area and in exploration and innovation and the fact that we're just kind of like dismantling NASA and mm-hmm. not funding NASA. And so Casey has this kind of like. She knows it's. I don't think she knows it's inevitable, but she's she has this attitude that like, okay, every little bit helps. Yeah, and the smallest can, action can have big, you know, big. Yeah, things. they they lay they lay that out early on, and I really like that idea, and I really like her optimism and hopefulness throughout the entire film. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, like you said, you're talking about the visuals. Yeah. Like the visuals whenever she finds the pin. Yep. And like just touches it, it's just like I I want to just watch that scene over and over yep. again because. Not only are the visuals cool and the way that it works cool, but her reactions and the emotions that you can read on her face are just so honest and so um, real Yeah, that, man, it just feels so good to watch that. Well, you know, and like even to the point of like there's small little portions of this uh, of the movie that, again, that you could just like the, the tone, the um, – the the colors on on the it's just pretty you know it's just like even that scene it's like you're in this uh the jail and it's like that is the coolest looking thing you know i don't know and then where she like walks over and bumps her head and stuff it's like from a storytelling perspective it's just super cool too that you get contextually uh what's going on here you know i don't know so like as far as you know plot goes i don't know how i necessarily feel about Starting it off um, with kind of narration slash direct address. Yeah. I I don't mind necessarily ending that way. Um, Or I would honestly almost rather there be like a voice. I mean, I liked the voiceover kind of aspect. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. It it took me out of it and made me realize I'm in a movie. And, and it like so it kind of starts and you kind of start getting lost in this world, and mm-hmm. then it pulls you back out again. Yeah, and then you kind of have to start. Ba- and a couple I, of times it did. I that. kept waiting for that to happen again, you know, which I didn't like. Um, yeah, and I honestly didn't like getting pulled out in the first place. And I don't think it needed that. Honestly, like I would love to know like what how this kind of script evolved because I feel like. So it was written by Damien Lindelof and um, Brad, Brad Bird. Bird. And uh, the story was by Damien Lindelof, Brad Bird, and Jeff Jensen, which is interesting right. because Jeff Jensen works for Entertainment Weekly and uh, did a lot of Lost analysis mm. uh, whenever Lost was on television, of, uh, which, of which you know Damien Lindelof wrote. But it's cool how they kind of hooked up there for this project. But um, I'd love to see if that kind of uh, explanation and, and direct address voiceover thing was in the first few drafts of this movie. I feel yeah. like it could have been inserted because may, you know maybe someone was like, I, "This is confusing. Yeah. What's going on?" Yeah, I, I felt it was just way too explainy for me. You know what I mean? So okay, so think about like I'm thinking about you know the Incredibles and and the whole front portion of that, like the past portion, like mm-hmm. where it basically sets up the world mm-hmm. and even introduces you to um, someone who pops up later on if you haven't seen the incredibles go watch the incredibles it's the best superhero movie of all time for sure um and uh anyway so like if you watch that like that intro on there really sets things up and i almost felt like this was trying to be something like that where um where them telling this story like especially frank's side of it yeah um was trying to be that and so contextually there it just happened yeah but here we had this whole preface of them telling you right um versus just watching it and it's it's almost that that this whole movie to a certain extent uh suffers from the show don't tell thing you know where yeah. it's like you almost want them to just show you this stuff and, yep. and stop telling you things yeah. um and and yeah i mean so like that that is is at its core that same kind of mentality yeah. of like we're over explaining almost right i I also have. I did of, think there were some funny moments in that. Don't get me wrong. Oh like, yeah, like, like the, the whole like uh, uh, they can see that there's a clock counting down. That's not good. Mm-hmm. You know that sort of thing. Yeah, and that's where I where I kind of go to where like I would rather this have just been strictly a voiceover mm-hmm. rather than like actually mm. like whenever you see them, that's whenever you pull out and like someone's talking to me now and looking me in the eye mm-hmm. and like this feels like I'm on a ride maybe at Disney World or Disneyland, mm-hmm. you know, like which maybe why they went for that. Maybe you know? I mean I, I like that's but that's immediately where my mind went. But it just pulled me out of the movie so much, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, so that that was my first like kind of uh, beef with the plot. Um, I questioned that at the beginning too, for sure. Yeah. the The other thing that I really kind of you know, and this was you know a large part of the plot, but I didn't really necessarily like the fact that we build up Tomorrowland so much, and mm-hmm. we see it a couple times, just kind of in in passing. You know, yeah. um, you see it in the in the in the flashback sequence, and then you see it whenever she is in that promo commercial thing. Yep, um, touching the pin. By the time we get to Tomorrowland, though, Tomorrowland is no longer really Tomorrowland. Like, right. you know, so we build up Tomorrowland and trying to get there so much, and then by the time you get there, it's just this big letdown, and in terms of the technology and like the the right. uh, the majesty of the place, and like, right. man, that was a bummer. You know, like I wanted to see more of it based on those other clips or for earlier in the movie. Yeah. And by the time we get there, it's like I just feel like, well, this is you know, visually not even that 
not as compelling. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so that was my, one of my thoughts about the third act of this thing. Like whenever you enter into Tomorrowland and it's like the push to the final, uh, final thing, you get there and you get no context for like, okay, sure. You can look at the, the wide shot that they show you and, and you can look at the guys with guns now and you can look at, you know, kind of what's going on here and say, yeah, it's lost kind of some of its majesty and stuff. But like, we don't really get a grasp on what it is now. And, but yeah, we don't you know, really know what's happened. Why? You know, right? We saw a lot of what it was before, and like, like that context is amazing, and we're like good with that. Yeah. And we know it's not the same now. But like, people start coming out. Like whenever they're sitting under the tree, like people start coming out yeah. from from their apartments and houses or whatever. They're you know these people start coming out, and you're right. like, who are these people? And what are their lives like today? Like, right. you know, if if these are the people that we uh, essentially convinced to come here. Um, back in the past like what are their lives like today yeah i mean and that yeah they don't really do a good job of explaining you know like what you know what has happened why is this place in such a bad state because you know have they have they told everyone who lives in tomorrowland that the earth is doomed you know you would think that only a select few would know um first of all the second thing is you know like in the even in the they're not tomorrowland is not doomed and so these mm-hmm. people should should be still innovating, flying around on jetpacks, like doing all this cool stuff, you know. And none of that's happening, and, and it's, it's not really explained why. Like maybe they've yeah. lost hope, but it's like that's not really even implied. Well, you know. Yeah. Well, so there was a couple of thoughts that I had on that, um, and the first one was. There's a lot about this idea of like taking the best innovators and the best dreamers and these people and putting them um, in this thing that reminds me of kind of a Bioshock kind of situation, like yeah. that kind of idea where Bioshock took it to a twisted, dark, yeah. terrible place. And this is the very much the Gene Roddenberry kind of uh, bright future that Star Trek kind of has. It's supposed to be. You know, it kind of, yeah, it was supposed to be. And it started out that way. And then, you know, uh, apparently one bad person or a few bad people ended up twisting it into something that wasn't. Yeah, it was meant to be the the idea of like why aren't they innovating and things like that and why didn't it actually ever open mm-hmm. it's i think like he mentioned not um not letting people in because they'll just mess this up too and like that idea but then also like if you're in tomorrowland and you're an inventor and an innovator and you're trying to be an innovator and an inventor for to make people's lives better mm-hmm. like if you're in tomorrowland your lives are pretty dang good anyway and right. so but it's like so you're really not working for the greater good or you're really not working to to help anybody anymore yeah. you, you know because the world's doomed right so if they do know that the world's doomed i think that is a better better explanation for why tomorrowland isn't a thing anymore it's like right. well what were we building here then yeah it's all pointless and i think you're i think you're spot on with that analysis i i mean i i feel like they were probably trying to imply that they just didn't yeah. do it well yeah you know what i mean yeah and you were told so many other things within uh within the movie why not tell us this too right yeah yeah i mean and so let's let's you know along those same kind of lines Talking about uh, Hugh Laurie's character. What was his name? Nix? Yeah, I don't even remember. Uh, Yeah, like Governor Nix or something like that. Yeah. Um, So. That's right, Governor Nix. Honestly, I feel like even in, not so much in the beginning, like I think his role in the beginning was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, But like his role at the end was really there just so he could monologue and tell you what was going on. Well, okay, so like. 
my and I've said before, maybe on this podcast for other reviews, and then definitely on uh, Arrow and Flash uh, are things. Whenever you have a an antagonist, like they have to be strong enough to to have these big forces that the heroes have to overcome. And honestly, like I didn't really get a ton of that in the end in the third act from Hugh Laurie's character. Um, Hugh Laurie did an incredible job playing him, but it, I didn't get the. Um, the menacing side. Like, I don't even, right. like if you think about his explanation, I don't even know if he was saying, yeah, we tried to save them and now I'm intentionally, uh, destroying the earth. Right. Or if he was saying, yeah, that just happens to be a byproduct because yeah. we're not willing to blow up our time, you know, our, our thing that looks into the future. Like, I just don't, I didn't understand exactly what his motivation was. Yeah. You didn't understand why he was so resistant to, you know, like trying their way of things. And that's, what I would have rather seen from his character is a little redemption because you're right. He never felt evil. Mm-hmm. He never felt like he was like completely responsible for the destruction of the world. It just felt like, right. well, we tried. Sorry. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like I would have rather have seen some redemption for his character. And because I honestly kind of liked his character. Yeah. Just because it was a, he seemed like a likable dude. Right. He didn't seem like an evil guy. Well, even at the very least, like if you're going to go that route and have like this big twist, because that's kind of where what they were going for was whenever the, you do see that he was, he was leading them up to the tower or up to the, to the time, uh, I guess, what do you call it? What, what did they call it? I don't remember, but this is the machine Yeah. in order to see. And if she could really change this and then if she could stop them, and like that's the kind of vibe that I got, and so that was the big twist. But like the twist happened, and we never got like this, uh, the you know mustache twirling, uh, you know that sort. Yeah. Of, we never got the the evil from him. And well, it's like, like if you're gonna make him evil, make him evil. Exactly. Yeah, because like you know, whenever you do see that there's this glimmer of hope that she could possibly have an impact on the future, yeah. he doesn't grasp at it. But he, you don't explain why he doesn't go for it, right? You know. And in fact, like thinking about uh, earlier, I mean, it, the people the robots that he'd been sending to the planet had been just killing people left and right. Right. You know, they're vicious people. And so they were more threatening than the person ordering them to do these things. Agreed. And so that's, that was a very strange dynamic where they just didn't have like, they didn't capture on the external, the internalized evil that he was. You also like, um, whenever, you know, so there's the whole, she figures out how to do it, you know, right. or at least what's happening, why people are, are so focused on um, the the destruction of the planet and all right. that kind of stuff. So she explains it to him, and, like, that's where I wanted there to be a turning point and some redemption where he's like, oh, man, you're right. We've been working against ourselves all these years, you know, kind of like it's just been an accident. No. Then it, it twists, and it's like, yeah, I know. I was doing that on purpose. Right. You know, and it's just like that takes it to a really weird place, and honestly, like, you haven't really – like. He knows that he's doing this, and now mm-hmm. it's the end of the world. I'm like, I don't know if I buy it. I don't know if I buy like his motivation for doing that. And he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that would do it. You know, like I kind of I, I buy it a little bit, but we just didn't see it. Like that's the thing. It's like it just happened. It didn't yeah. seem like one way or the other. You know, it didn't seem like oh right. oh oops we were doing you know, and it also didn't seem like oh yeah I meant to blow up the earth or whatever. Right. So yeah, I mean that's that was that was a little strange. Um, I did love the final battle. Like the final battle had some really cool moments to it. Yeah. Um, it had like the uh, 
the robot battle with uh oh what, the Athena um, where she ends up you know jumping on the back of the, this gigantic robot which we had seen earlier uh, repair Frank's uh, jetpack and just seeing the, that action there along with um, what was going on like uh, with with uh, oh. Ke- what's her name uh casey trying to go up the platform and the yeah. whole gravity thing where she's like the the idea of the tachyons and being able to see yourself just seconds later yeah and to, to alter what she's doing based on that where it's a self-fulfilling prophecy like you even saw within that what this time machine was doing on a global scale to the alternate reality yeah. earth yeah, that, that kind of stuff, that kind of like being able to explain it in two different ways right. was really was genius. Yeah, um, and I feel like there were several things in this um, movie that were like that, where it's like, okay, we're going to explain the same concept a couple different ways, you know, especially right. like maybe in three ways with that specific one because she has that whole story with her dad, you know, like which wolf are you uh, are you going to feed, right? And you know that kind of thing. And I loved how they how they uh, um, basically like told the story through. Several different means. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like, thinking about that, like, okay, so we mentioned the whole Tomorrowland falling apart and, like, why aren't they inventing and things? Could, like, this broadcasting thing is probably, obviously, like, it, it's affecting them on in Tomorrowland, too. I mean, and I would imagine like because if it's if it's if the signal is big enough to go across dimensions um and tap into that way it's got to be a pretty big in tomorrowlands too not to the point where they're you know up to killing like destroying the earth or destroying their uh their utopia but to the point where maybe they aren't inventing much anymore you know because they're closer to it even so right and even uh the uh Mr. Governor Nix, like even him, you know, it's like maybe it's twisting him up a little bit. So, I mean, it's like, that's really cool, but yeah, yeah, it's a, that's a, that's an interesting thought. I really love the idea of Athena. You know, I love the fact that like you see her relationship with Frank as a boy, and then you also then see her, her, her relationship with him as a grown man. And it's just like, yeah. man, this is this is a crazy dynamic that I don't know that I've seen before yeah. in movies. You know, or it's like, this is the same little girl robot that has not changed visually. Right. And um, she has this long storied kind of past with, um, with Frank. I mean, she's basically the same age he is. Uh, just uh, or older, or or older, just Far like. Older. But she doesn't look any different, and so it's it's cool right. to kind of see that in that character. It was awesome to see her fight. Oh yeah, um, I love I love that first uh, um, place that with where we encounter the robots and in, inside that kind of what is it kind of like a pawn shop kind uh, of a thing. It was or? like a collectibles and yeah. like a, yeah a pawn and collectible kind uh, of. There's thing. a lot of Easter eggs in there, a lot oh, of Star Wars stuff, and then well, even um, he comes out and it's like it starts the Star Wars theme whenever the yes. doors open, and the doors I I want to say are like are from something there. It's either Star Wars or Star Trek or something. But oh, the door that he came through. Yeah, the door that he came through that uh, shuts I'm, on. I'm, him I'm sure. It's, I'm sure it's like one of the Death Star doors or something right. like that. But yeah. It, <laughs> uh, Keegan Michael Key, like he's amazing. Like, oh yeah, he's been showing up in a lot of things lately, and I, man, he's he's amazing. <laughs> it was awesome. Um, and yeah, like that first sequence, like it's really interesting. Whenever that all goes down, like the the idea of that like time freezing bubble that uh that oh Athena man yeah. used, and like then whenever she pulls her out, like that was a really cool thing that I don't think I've seen something like right. that in an action sequence before. Yeah. Where all of a sudden, you know, stuff's about to like start flying and go down, yep. but then it all of a sudden like slows down, like so it you know changes your expectation, right. and then it just gets fast again. Yeah, and then the finish was whenever she ripped the head off of that robot, and then I'm like, I'm immediately like, whoa, 
we just took this to another <laughs> level. You know, yeah. that's where I, like that in particular was where I was surprised about it being right. a PG movie, but it's like, you know, it's a robot, it's a so robot. they can get away with it. Right. So. It's fantasy robot violence. Right. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that, that, you know, really speaks though to my point of like, think about all the cool things that happened in the beginning of this movie. You had the whole jetpack sequence. You had, yeah. um, you had that sequence there, right. Um, with, uh, the, uh, the robots in the collectible, um, place you have, uh, the drone kind of stuff, you know, like whenever she's going into NASA and sneaking into NASA and you saw like the, all the stuff whenever she picks up the pin and you see, yeah. um, Tomorrowland for the first time and the rockets blasting off and all the people doing cool things. And, um, you see his house and yeah. honestly the last super cool thing though you see is whenever they blast off from Paris and which is really cool. Great idea. Love it. Um, but from that point on, you don't see any new tech really. You, you kind of do with the, you revisit those robots. But yeah. Yeah. Again, I think like because of the, like the lack of innovation and because of the, uh, the depression that this, uh, this machine is putting on Tomorrowland, I would imagine that that would have, have put the kibosh yeah. on a lot of that stuff, which makes narrative sense, but you're right from a visual storytelling perspective. It, I wish it would have had something, at least something extra. Right. It's because all we really had was the, the elevator going it, up and down yeah, the and elevator then, and his bracelet that controls it. Right. Yeah. Those are the only two pieces of tech that we hadn't really investigated yet. And that, that we see uh, in Act Three. So, yeah. um, the one thing I will uh, say, like, I loved the that dynamic, and I'm really like, it's interesting, like you said, to see Frank as a young kid is, you know, falls in love with the, the uh, Athena as a robot, and you know that whole thing. And then as he grows up, she stays the the visually, like you said, the same age. It was a very a very cool relationship because yeah. yeah, like he has these like very fond but conflicting memories of her, you know, because whenever they I think he probably rejected her at some point, like even before he got kicked out right. of Tomorrowland, you know, because she, uh, and then she was just blamed for it, I guess. Right. And for bringing him in. Correct. Um, and so, you know, like it was, man, even the last scene, whenever she's dying, it's just like, man, this yeah. is, this is heart wrenching. It really was. Um, because this is honestly like, yes, she looks visually young, but she, this is an old friend. Right. That, um, that he's kind of reconnected with at this point. And, yeah. And was integral to both uh, Frank and um, Casey's stories. Like it, it was like she was integral into how they got yeah. here and how they got where they Raff, are. Raffi Cassidy is the actress who played uh, Athena, and man, she just does a cra- crazy awesome job. Yeah. Like she carried a lot of this movie. I mean, they all like they they got the three best. Oh yeah, actors for this job. Oh yeah, um, and uh, just the ex- like even the, the expressions from uh, Athena, like. You know her her smiles were just like man, it's just like amazing, and and she would use it in both serious and funny ways. You know, like she'd talk yep. about something something serious, and all of a sudden, hey, we're here. You know, and like that kind right. of thing, and, or like whenever she's you know talking to um, uh, Casey, you know, like she just smiles at her and it's just like this is. I trust this person immediately. Oh you know, yeah, like <laughs> oh yeah, and like that that dynamic. Whenever uh, whenever Frank and and her reconnect there, uh, whenever she saves Frank, like him just immediately being like, "You don't can't trust her," and he's like, "I'm I haven't decided if I'm going to shoot you yet." You know that yeah. sort of thing. Like it's just it's just a super cool uh, trio of characters that you have. Right. And uh, and like I said, like it's just just the perfect people for that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is there anything else? What do you want? Is there anything else that we you want to cover? I, mm, I think that's it. You know, like I think the music was good. It wasn't like super standout, right. but it was good. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, like I, I couldn't hum any of the uh, any of the things that were going right. on, but it was. I do remember moments of of like jetpacking and it being exciting. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, 
Yeah, just a visually cool movie. Yeah, and with it, like you said, with a really good message too of yeah. uh, of you know not not getting stuck on the negative side of things of yeah. being an optimist. So yeah, I mean, just always dreaming, always kind of like trying to find solutions to problems rather than get caught up in them and um, not you know accepting the status quo is like it always has to be that you know and right. um, just kind of trying to always trying to make the world and your world and doing your part to make the world a better place you yeah. know it's like yeah this is this is a great message and uh, i i think they delivered it effectively yeah um on a number on like multiple different fronts yeah you know? and, and a lot yeah and a lot of this you know you know even the even the, my, the problems i have with like the 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 storytelling, you know, like it's still a really fun yeah. movie. Yeah, and and it's like other than uh, the the funny thing about that is it's like while like you say we we criticize the the pace a little bit and some of these you know these plot points. I, I like genuinely like that movie and I will yeah. probably own that movie at some yeah. point and watch it again. You know, it's, it's not a movie uh, that I will probably will watch once just because of, of how fun it was right. and h- how well done a lot of it was, yeah. you know? So, I mean, it's, it's definitely a, a, a movie that will join my movie collection. Yeah. I want one of those Tomorrowland pins. Oh my gosh. Funko actually has uh, what? yep. You can you can purchase them from Funko, I think. Well, I'm gonna get one. Yep, they have pops of all of uh, no, I think all the characters a pop, too. Uh, the, one of the pins. No, I know, but they they, have, they, a, they have the they pins have pin. too. Okay, like they, I think that they're making all of I the toys. I didn't know they game. were in a, the pin making business. I they're in a lot of a lot of businesses. <laughs> a lot of businesses. <laughs> they make a lot of figures and a lot of different stuff. So, nice. Yeah. Cool. So what do we rate this? I rate this a solid seven point five. Okay. Like it's 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 really good, um, but you know, I again, it's it, those small little things. Just you know, yeah, I've been struggling ever since I saw it to put a number. I was struggling between seven point five and eight, and so I'm gonna put I think a seven point eight on it. There you go, right, right in the in, middle, in between. That's yeah. good. That's good. And it's like if this is going, uh, you know, going in a direction, it's nodding up to it just based on the acting performances and a yeah. lot of the the interesting action set pieces that I hadn't seen before, or like yeah. interesting action twists that I hadn't seen before. So, yeah, yeah. I agreed. All right. Well, this is our, uh, our review of Tomorrowland. Um, yeah. Next week, we're going to be reviewing um, uh, House of Wolves DLC for Destiny. So be sure to check out that. We'll have some other stuff to talk about as well. Yep. Um, you can find us online at samtargetpodcast.com, on Twitter at ChrisWright250. And JohnWright777. Make sure you send us your uh, topics at hashtag stayontopic at stayontargetpod. And uh, we'll get you a cool poster of the Avengers or Superman or Batman or Mad Max or Interstellar. Interstellar. Yes, yeah. something along those lines, and so uh, be sure to check us out on there. We also have the the uh, the final two um, episodes of Flash on Target and Stay on Target up uh, of the go- season, right? Yeah, yep. of the season uh, with for the finales of both those shows. So if you're into those, you can check us out there mm-hmm. as well. That's it for this week. We'll see you next time on Stay, Stay on, on Target. Target.